Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Goodness, we thank you, Lord, that we can enjoy ourselves and have fun in church, Lord. We thank you as we look into your word today. Father, just if you open it up and it, it, it comes out easily, easy to understand. Thank you, Lord, that you help with illustrations, stories, everything, Father, that would help us apply your word and walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're on the last Sunday, because next Sunday is our main Christmas service, as you heard in the announcements. This is our last Sunday for this series. It's been called Planted, and the first week, uh, two weeks ago, we talked about Planted in Him. That was about being planted in Christ and all the benefits and everything we have when we're in Christ. Last week, Patsy ministered uh, on being planted in the church. She talked about being planted into the body of Christ the big body general, the church, and then also about being planted in a local church. And today, so we're finishing up and we're going to talk about being planted together today. So here's a text scripture, Acts chapter 2 and verse 46. It says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. And so uh, notice there are two things that... Uh, they were in the temple, and they also went from house to house. If you notice that, uh, public meetings and then smaller meetings. And th- those were the two things that the early church did. They met publicly, and then they also met in a small, smaller scale. And then notice they and there. And I kind of like underlined that because notice how we've been planted together. So this is something that God ordained uh, us meeting here today publicly and declaring the gospel publicly and we're not ashamed to do that there's something about public meetings that are that that they they're different and there's certain things that can only happen when we're here together as a family sitting together in this place here it's public but then also small groups and that's something that we want to even improve in our church are our small groups because there's a place for both. We see that in the early church, and, uh, and it's wonderful. So with that in mind, we're going to talk today about being planted together. So here's the four things we'll look at today, okay? Uh, first of all, planted for the world to know, planted for the church to show, planted so we can grow, and planted with specific roles. It almost rhymed. I almost was a poet for every one of those. Okay, so that, that's, that's just the way the Lord speaks to me. So those, he gave me those points. So let's first of all look at this first one that we're planted for the world to know. And look at this scripture, John chapter 13 and verse 35. It says, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. So please notice that, that God, and this is his MO, that's mode of operation, God has always had a people. So before the church, he had Israel. In Israel, they were his chosen people, and God wanted to use Israel to speak to everybody, to the world. That's the way that God does it. So now, uh, he hasn't thrown Israel to the side, but now this is the time of the Gentiles. This is the time of grace in the church, and we have this season that we are God's people, and God is using us right now to speak to the world. 
So he's using the church, and that's what you see. So we are planted for the world to know. So please notice there that it says that God wants everyone to know that we are his disciples. And it says that there is a key influencing factor for that to happen, and that is our love toward one another. So even just some practical thoughts about that, uh, because, you know, God, of course, is very real, and, uh, and he's very real to me. I grew the first 23 years of my life. I didn't know him personally. I was in church every week, but I didn't know God. And it wasn't until I was 23 years old that I prayed and asked Jesus, and I accepted him as my Lord, and he became very real to me. He's been very real ever since then. And I, I love God. I love Jesus. I'm so thankful, especially their love toward me. He's a real God, and, you know, we're real people. And uh, he wants to use the church, okay? So some thoughts about it is he didn't plant us alone, but he planted us together. And the fact that he planted us together, uh, what we see in that scripture, how, we, how I act toward you and talk about you and how you act toward me and all of us, all of us together, how we act toward each other and our attitudes toward each other, how we talk about each other, according to what that scripture says, our love toward one another is how the world is going to know. So it's really important that, you know, I, I know I was, for 23 years, I wasn't a Christian, so I know what it's like when you go home and somebody, something, you were out somewhere and somebody said something to you and you come home and you, you know, who do they think they are and blah, 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 you know, or you do it and you just, you're, you know, it's more about me and somebody said something to me and I dare them and it's like revenge and all this other stuff. You know, that's, that's the old way because here's the thing, influence is huge and the only way that we can have influence with people, according to what that scripture says, they know us by our love. And so I always say it this way, you know, especially if you have unsaved family members, you know, when, even if there's things that you would not possibly like at this wonderful church, I love our church, and to think there would be something that somebody wouldn't like here, that's hard to imagine. Uh, just, I'm being cheeky. But, uh, but even, like, you don't go home and say anything about it to your unsaved family you want to make your unsafe family believe that you're amongst a bunch of angels and that it's perfect. I, I, really, because influence is big. And the only way that the world will know us is by our love toward one another. And so it's really important that they, the world needs to know we love each other so you don't tell unsafe people about who you bumped heads with, one of your Christian brothers or sisters, and you bumped heads with them. That's not for them to hear. What the world needs to hear is that you're a Christian and you love all your fellow Christians and you love your church. That's what they need to hear. Your family needs to hear that that's not saved. Your, your friends need to hear that that's not saved. Okay, so that's, that's what it says there. So we're planted together and we're planted together so the, the first thing we said is so the world will know, okay? Then secondly, we're planted together for the church to show. So look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, Then God would use the church to show the powers and authorities in the spiritual world that he has many different kinds of wisdom. 
So a way to explain this is to tell the story. Some of you probably heard this, but a very reputable minister, because uh, when people talk about these things, I just don't like open my mouth and eat or swallow everything I hear. But when somebody says they were up in heaven and they had a vision of Jesus, the first thing I'm going to listen to is what they're saying. Does it line up with the Bible? Because, you know, anybody can say that, but when they say it, it has to line up with the Bible. So this minister I'm talking about happens to be Kenneth Hagin, and he got taken up with a number of visions talking to Jesus uh, in the realm of the Spirit. So this happened to him. He was talking to Jesus, and a demon got between him and Jesus. And he couldn't hear. He, he had trouble seeing and hearing what Jesus was saying. And so he was wondering, why is it taking so long for Jesus to do something about this demon? And Jesus never did anything about the demon. So finally, uh, he, he commanded the demon to shut up and leave, and the demon shut up and left. And then Jesus told him after that, if you didn't do something about that, I couldn't. And then he responded back to Jesus and said, you, mean, you don't mean you couldn't, you mean you wouldn't. And he said, no, I mean I couldn't. He said, because there's nothing in the New Testament that tells the church if they pray to me or, or the Father that we would do something about the devil. And so that might be like, why? what are you saying? You know why? It's because the devil has already been defeated. He's already defeated Jesus defeated the devil in the death, in his burial, and his resurrection, and he's defeated. So then the Bible tells us that he's given us authority over the devil. So a lot of times people wait and they say, do something about this God, and God's saying, why don't you use your authority? So what that scripture tells us, if we look, God would use the church to show the powers and the authorities in the spiritual world that he has many different kinds of wisdom. One of the things we do as a church together is we show the spiritual realm about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. We live it, we walk it, we talk it, we, we declare it, we enforce it. That's another thing that the church does. Okay? It's wonderful, isn't it? I am too. I'm excited too. Now here's, here's a thought too about it, that we're stronger and better together. So a Clydesdale horse, one, if, you put, if you hook up a Clydesdale to pull weight, one Clydesdale can pull one ton. If you put two together, two Clydesdales, can, they can pull 19 tons. It's like amazing. So you think about it. Now, if, if we as a family and as a church, if we can just gather together and believe what the Bible says and use our authority, what can stop what can There's nothing that can stop you. We believe the same thing. We buy, in, buy into the plan of God, buy, buy into the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, buy into that. And so even when somebody's hurting, somebody, you, you, you know, somebody that, you know, if, if somebody gets a bad report about your physical body, as a church family, we want to come together and, and agree with you because there's a lot more power together. And so you think about people that know their authority and people that can use their authority and speak to the sickness and disease and, and command it off your body. And then, you know, and then even thinking about this, like I, some people, I don't know if we have many people here that are confused about the will of God, but some people get confused and they think, well, maybe God made me sick so he can teach me something. Well, in the New Testament, there isn't anything there that says God is making Christians sick 
to teach them something. In the New Testament, it's very clear that God teaches us with his word. It's the word of God. That's how he teaches us. Now, he will test us, but the way that he tests us uh, is not with sickness and disease. The way that he could test you, and he did that to me when I left Bible school, he told me to go back to my hometown, and he told me to do things that I didn't want to do for my younger brother, and I said yes, and that was a test, but it wasn't sickness and disease because we have to understand uh, concerning sickness and disease, Jesus took our sickness and our disease, and it... It is a part of our, the plan of God, healing is in the atonement. We call it the atonement. What does that mean? The sacrifice of Jesus, what he did, it included healing. So we don't have to wonder about that. It's God's will to heal all of us. So when we believe the same thing and we come together and we believe for each other, we're much more powerful when there's more than one. We're planted together to show and to do what God has ordained, okay? And then let's, look, let's talk about this one. We're planted together so we can grow. Okay? Planted together so we can grow. And together, actually, whether we realize it or not, it helps us to grow when we're together. Here's a scripture, 1 Corinthians 8, 1. It says, we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Very interesting that it, knowledge by itself doesn't build up but knowledge with love builds up. So here's a big question. Uh, where do we have opportunities to use love? If, you know, if love is what builds up, where do we get a lot of opportunities to use love? And let's let the Bible show us where we get a lot of opportunities to use love. And when we look at these scriptures, we're going to look at a bunch of scriptures right now, and we're going to see the opportunities where we get to use love and know that every time we use love, that's how growth happens, spiritual growth. It's, it's hearing the word, it's doing the word, but there's also a thing about being planted together and actually then loving. So look at these scriptures and you'll see uh, what I'm talking about. Romans 12.10, it says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love, love um, love give preference to one another so be devoted give preference to one another Romans 12 16 it says be of the same mind one to, toward one another notice how many times one another's there Romans 14 and verse 19 it says so then let us pursue the things which makes for peace the building up of one another then look at Romans 15 7 wherefore accept one another just as Jesus also accepted us to the glory of God so it's accept instead of be suspicious and doubting first Corinthians 12 25 that there should be no division in the body but that as members should have the same care one another then Galatians 5 13 through love serve one another uh, show tolerance for one another 4 2 4 32 be kind to one another 521 be subject to one another Philippians 2 3 regard one another as more important than yourselves Colossians 3 13 bear with one another uh, 3 13 forgive one another Thessalonians 4 18 comfort one another 5 11 encourage one another 5 13 live in peace with one another 5 15 seek after that which is good for one another uh, 10 24 stimulate one another to love and good deeds 5.16, confess your sins to one another. 5.16, pray for one another. 
1 Peter 4.9, be hospital to one another without complaint. 4.10, employ your spiritual gift uh, for one another. 5.5, 5, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Now, you know, they say out of the mouth or one or two, let things be established. I wanted to really show you that it's God's will to have public meetings and small, but it's God's will to be together. I mean, how can you doubt that the church wasn't ordained by God when you look at all those scriptures? I mean, you, you know, part of the whole thing about functioning is that we're together. I think it's awesome. Uh, I love being together. Somebody posted one of my fellow uh, uh, ministers that I've known for 30 years. One, I was just looking at Facebook once, and they, I saw their post. They just said, I love Sundays. I love church. Hey, I, I, I do. I mean, I know I'm, you, you might be thinking you're the pastor. You should. But I do. I love Sundays and I love church. I love God. I love it. It's, it's wonderful being together. Um, so um, this is like even over like spiritual growth. We can look, overlook this side of spiritual growth because like does hearing the word of God alone cause you to grow? You know, that's a question. Well, we know that it says that whoever is a doer of the word, they're blessed in their deed. So we know it's hearing, but it's also doing. And where, where can you find, where, the better place to find the doing part is, hey, we're all together, we're rubbing shoulders with one another, and this will happen, you know. There's always somebody that, you know, could rub you the wrong way, you know, but that is the good place to use love when somebody might rub you the wrong way. That's, that's where you use the love at. And so that's, uh, uh, you know, it, there's, there's growth that happens when we use the love, Okay. So it's, I think it's a, a wonderful thing, working side by side with others. Um, so just even the practical application of this, we, um, concerning God's will for us in our Christians' lives, it's, it's about family. So in the natural family, you know, in, in my family, I had six brothers, and uh, we had some real knockdown, drag-out fights and everything. But that, you know, even if we did that, we weren't Christians growing up, and we would argue and fight, you know, all that kind of stuff. But that didn't, that didn't mean that I left our house. That didn't mean that I left my brothers. We just had a knockdown drag out. We, we worked it out. We talked about it, and we were good. And we were actually a really close family. Our family was really close. And uh, we, were, we, we enjoyed each other. We, we were so close in everything that, you know, even growing up, I didn't even, I had six brothers. I didn't, uh, in a sense, have to go outside the house for friends. It was all right there with six brothers. And, and uh, so like a family, um, thinking about a church family, sometimes in a church family, there can be a disagreement here. There can be a disagreement here. But just like a natural family, work out the disagreements because there's something about being planted together. There's something about staying together. And it's even a part of our spiritual growth, okay? The next thing uh, is this. Is be, it's planted with, a, uh, with specific roles, Okay, planted with specific roles. So Ephesians 4 and verse 16, look at that. It says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So notice the part there, it talks about specific roles that everyone has a part to do. When everyone does their part, notice what it says. It says the other parts grow. So with everybody doing their part, the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing 
and full of love. All right, so it's just really so important that everyone starts somewhere with a part. Uh, and I always like to say this, um, well, let's do this. I'll, I'll get, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So let's first of all look at this scripture, uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 5, if we could put that up there. Because I, I, I like to call this the processing order. How do you process this? So it says, and they did more than we had hoped. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us, just as God wanted them to. So he's talking to this group of people, and they actually exceeded his expectancies for how they were serving. But I think it's interesting that they did more than they, that they had hoped for. But notice what fueled them. It says they first gave themselves to the Lord, and then they gave themselves to us. And I, and I like that. You know, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And so we can interpret that a number of ways. Like I've heard it preached this way, that delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you a Mercedes Benz, if that was the desire, or maybe a uh, Land Rover or, you know, a, a BMW. So delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you that. Well, good, because, I mean, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll bless you. But why don't we look at it a different way? Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll put desires, he'll give you the desires of your heart. You delight yourself in the Lord and he puts things in your heart. So it says they, they first of all gave themselves to the Lord. They were delighting and worshiping and giving themselves to the Lord. And it's, it's amazing in those kind of settings what can happen. You know, the first church that I went to, it was a real Pentecostal church. It was like an Italian pastor. And on Sunday nights, and you know, I, I've thought about having a place to do this at uh, because you can't you, you, we never did that on a Sunday morning but there, on a Sunday night we would just all come up to the altar and we would just raise our hands and we would just cry out to the Lord we we didn't know a whole lot in that church we didn't understand the Bible it was it was an old-fashioned kind of Pentecostal church but I'm going to tell you what happened in that church though when I was in that atmosphere the Lord gave me a glimpse it was like and it came and went but he showed me about my future when I was just crying out, and he put things into my heart way back then uh, about my future when, it, when I was in that atmosphere. There's something about delighting yourself in the Lord and worshiping him and doing that that God will slip. He'll give you, it might just come and go like that, but it's like you see it, it comes and goes, but it gets in your heart. And then, then you know, it'll eventually come to pass and and those things that that what happened that night has been coming to pass in my life over the years so there's something about delighting yourself in the lord i like the processing order the processing order see i i don't really what we've tried to do at our church here is we don't we try not to twist people's arms and make them do things we feel like it's much better in order when people delight in the Lord and they give themselves to the Lord and then God puts something in somebody's heart and then they say I want to do this it's like the Lord saying it and it's just different you know instead of you know twisting people's arms and doing all that kind of stuff you know I think just imagine everyone just delighting in the Lord and uh and putting him first and then God putting things in people's hearts you know and uh people just everyone uh getting in their place because they're directed by the Lord. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. Um, so this whole pr processing order, um, that's the first thing. The first thing is everyone give themselves to the Lord. 
And then notice there, it says, and then to us. So we don't want to put the cart before the horse where you twist somebody's arm and you say, we want you and give yourself to us. But no one's given themselves to the Lord. But people give themselves to the Lord and then out of their heart, they give themselves to you. That's, that's God's way. It's wonderful. And so that's number one. But then here's some other things too is big picture awareness. It, and when, when you think about process and all this, the big picture with God because uh, God loved the world so much that he didn't want the world to perish. So every, I process everything first. Like I like to give myself to the Lord. That's my, I, my processing thing. But then I always want to stay and remember the big picture and the big picture is that God sent his son to die because the world was perishing. And we, the church, we are on this earth to make sure people don't go to hell. Now, I mean, that might be a little bit strong. I heard that, and it helped me. I was going my own way at the age of 23. Somebody made this comment to me. They said what they told me about Jesus and about being born again and they said, what if you left here tonight and when you were driving home, you got in a car accident and you got killed, you would go to hell forever. Well, that, you could say I got scared into the kingdom, but I, they told me that and two weeks later, I accepted Jesus as my Lord because I couldn't get that out of my mind. I thought, you know, I could go to hell forever and burn in hell. And there, there is a hell. And, you know, God did something about that. And that somehow spoke, you know, did something for me. So if, if, uh, if, if I may say that that's, we're here for that. We're, we're on this earth to, to make sure we tell people that they can be born again. They can, they can walk and have eternal life in heaven. That's the big picture uh, when it comes to... So when I think about my place... Uh, in the body, I always think of big picture awareness. Uh, then after uh, the Bible talks about making disciples out of all nations, so you want to see people say, but then you don't want to leave them there. Like we're on the earth to make disciples and, and see people get established. That's why we're here, to see people get established. The church, worldwide church is here to see people get saved, people get established, train as many people, uh, send as many people as possible. So even with application, what I'm talking about, and Patsy ministered on this last week, but everything in the body of Christ that happens, there can be a parachurch ministry. A parachurch ministry is something that's not a local church, but every parachurch ministry is geared to support the local church. And so I, I, worked, in a, I worked for a parachurch ministry for 10, uh, uh, is it 10 years? Or, yeah, for 10 years. And uh, I served that parachurch ministry. That parachurch ministry for many of those years didn't have a church. They eventually got a church going. But for those 10 years, we went and we did meetings. Some of them were in stadiums, large meetings. When the altar call was given and people responded, there would be 100 to 200 people come up to get saved. And then we, we took those people into a back room. We set them down in another auditorium and we went over everything that happened. This is what happened to you. You, you accepted Jesus. We told them about being how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we took all of their names and addresses on cards and we had them put their postal codes on there. And then 
that those big meetings, we, we've, all, the, all the pastors that were participating, we gave them those cards according to postal codes and said, these people are in your area. Follow them up, follow them up, because we're called to get as many people saved, but also uh, get them established and make disciples out of them. And so that's what we're on the earth for. We're planted together to do that. So I guess like when the Lord put this series in my heart, I guess for our congregation, I'm really wanting as we close the year up to know you guys to know that my heart our heart the leadership's heart in this church it's really big I mean it's big on our to see people saved to get people established to get people trained and so we're we've been praying and we've been working here near the end of this year to get positioned so next year we're going to get better at training saving establishing training that's our heart. You guys can even join along in it. Uh, so I said all of that to say that the application of it all happens with most people. It happens in the local church. So things that aren't not a church, they're to prepare people to work in a church. So our Bible school here, it's not a church, but it prepares people to work either some people have left our Bible school and planted churches. We have a couple church plants out there already, but then the other ones, they're serving in churches. So how can we prepare them the best way we can to serve in churches? It's all, that, that the church is like the barn. When you, when you go out and get the harvest, you bring it into the barn. The church is the barn, and in this barn, we're to establish and train and make disciples. Um, and then the process here, uh, where do I fit? And you know, the way you answer that, I've already said it, we, we can delight ourselves in the Lord. That's one way. You delight yourself in the Lord and He gives you the desires of your heart. Sometimes you can see a need and it wasn't that you were delighting yourself in the Lord, but you see a need and you think somebody needs to do that and you say, I'll do that whether you got it from God or not and you just commit to it and I've seen people do that and God will bless it. Unless the Lord deals with you and, and you don't have peace about it, I've seen people get blessed just because they saw a need and they said somebody needs to do that and they did it and they got blessed. So where do we fit? You know, that, uh, That's always a question that we can ask ourselves, And then finally, uh, the last thing for processing is accept my starting place, our starting place. And when I left, um, when I left Bible school, uh, I wanted to stay in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but the Lord told me to go back to my hometown a thousand miles away, Warren, Ohio, and I didn't want to go back there because I didn't yet marry the young lady sitting on the front row there. And the Lord said, go back. But I've always been one that I believe in obeying God. So I thought, well, I must have missed it because she told me to go back. And, uh, but I'm going back without her. And one way I was glad I never had to take her to my hometown. It's just a little 50,000 people town, industrial, you know. Uh, it's not real nice. But anyway... I obeyed God and I went somewhere where I didn't want to go back to our hometown. I didn't want to return there, but I did it. And then I got back there and he asked me to do things I didn't want to do. But it's, it's all about accepting, in a sense, a starting place. So he sent me back to serve my younger brother who was planting a church and he would, became my pastor and we grew up and with him being four years. We used to be in business, and I was like the main guy, and he, he was kind of like we, we were in business together, but I was like the boss because I was four years older. Now he's the pastor, 
and I'm submitting to him as a pastor, that was a little awkward, but, but, if you, but here's the thing, if you, if you submit to God and say yes, it was a great time together. So accepting the starting place, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 18, it says, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as, it, as he pleased. So all of these starting places that we're talking about, you know, God, if we just really delight in him and put him first, he can get everybody in all the right places as he pleases, and he gets the job done uh, by doing that. So I guess what I'm pouring my heart out today to, and saying is God has a great plan for us as a church and and the plan isn't mysterious the plan is that he puts churches on the earth to get people saved to make disciples to train to establish people uh, and then to some some people there's always a sum that sometimes you send them out some will go to a mission field some will go to another city and plant a church we've already had those things going on we have two bible schools in papua new guinea going every and we got we're involved in missions but uh, god has a great plan for us as a church i'm excited about what happened this year but I'm even really more excited about because I know next year is going to be a wonderful year. So if you guys even just, be, now that we're getting ready to have a Christmas coming up, if you guys give yourself to the Lord during this time, delight in the Lord. Even when you think about it, pray and say, Father, thank you for giving wisdom to the leadership at Raymond Family Church. Thank you for wisdom and thank you for guiding them and putting the right things in their heart that they have wisdom to do what you've called Rama Family Church to do. Okay, and I really appreciate that if you guys would hook up with that. Father, I thank you for everyone that's here today, Lord, and I pray for, I pray for everyone that's in this room, Father, that each person just knows that there's a part that each person can buy in to the big picture that each person could buy into what our local church is called to do, that each person accepts the place, uh, even starting places, Lord. Uh, for others, they, they're beyond that place, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, for speaking to everyone, Lord, about the great plan that you have for people to get saved, people to be established, and people to be trained, Lord. We're planted together for a purpose, and I thank you for it. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.